Welcome to Late Night Writers. On this episode, we talk with Haley Gasshole. She talks to us about riding at the Grand Prix level, fitness for equestrians, and equine insurance. Enjoy! Welcome to Late Night Riders. I'm Gretchen, and I'm joined by my mom, Kristen, my grandma, Debbie, and Haley. Hi, Hi. Haley. Hey, Hi, guys. You were in so many different activities when you were younger. Can you talk a little bit about um, everything that you did and how you narrowed it down to horses? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So my parents pretty much got me into every sport that you can think of, from swimming and soccer, dance team, the whole works. And my parents own a veterinary clinic um, outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. And they had a drug rep friend who just kind of you know, they became friends and all that. And one day she just asked my parents, you know, would Haley like to ride horses? And my parents mm-hmm. were like, sure. You know, like I said, they got me into every sport you can think of. And uh, it just started from there. You know, I started obviously as the up downer, did a few little local shows and slowly, you know, as things got harder to balance, cause that was when I was about eight years old is when Uh, I got my first pony and I really started to um, get active in the horses. Um, Did that first pony? Um, And it came down to eventually soccer and horses. And I chose horses. Hmm. Um, Did did that first pony do it for you, Haley? The first one, kind of? Oh, man. Uh, My first (laughs) pony was uh, actually off of a kill lot, believe it or not. Oh. That goes to show how knowledgeable my horses or my parents were. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, she bucked me off a lot. I think she oh, made man. me really tough and uh, kind of developed me into who I am. You know, I'm like sure. I said, I'm really tough, and I think I can handle a lot when it comes to the horses. We deal with a lot of young ones, and uh, I mean, obviously, she had to do something to keep me going. So. <laughs> were your mom and dad concerned about that? All of that bucking off, and, and, and I want to know what her name was too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so her name was Topaz, like the <laughs> um, like the gem. Oh. Uh, my parents are, I think they're just like me. They're just hardworking. They have a lot of grit. Yeah, um, it's kind of a tough it up, you know. As long as as long as you're okay and we're not making a trip to the hospital, <laughs> sure. we're okay. Yeah, they so, kind of go. Yep, yep. So they're not too worried about it. So did they slowly become like horse parents? Were they very involved, or did they just kind of let you do your own thing? So my mom rode horses as a kid. She did a lot of um, western and trail riding and things like that. Um, my dad has always been an animal person. Like I said, they're veterinarians. They're small animal vets. Um, it took a while for him to get on board, I'd say, with the horses. He was very much a team sport person. Like, you know, soccer team, yeah. swim team. It took a yeah. while for him to truly understand that the horses and the rider have to work as a mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Um, but once that finally clicked, I mean, he is game. He's like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's strategizing. Should we do this? Should we do that? Aww. What should we do better? You know, so they have become really good horse parents. Aww. What was your first big uh, event that you went to or show that you went to where it was just probably like a couple overnights or something? 
A couple overnights? What do you mean, like? For, like, a weekend or, like, what was your first big show? Larger, you... like, a little bit longer rather yeah, than just Yeah, when your parents really had show. to say, we're going mm-hmm. in and we're actually yeah. doing this now. Not just schooling. I mean, I'd probably say I bought my first, like, real hunter. Like, I, I was a tall 12-year-old, so after I graduated from my pony topaz that came, like I said, off of the kilowatt, mm-hmm. um, we bought a hunter that we thought was just going to do children's hunter, so the three-foot. Um, and I think at that point, it was finally like, okay, this is, That's like, it. you know, I still was balancing a few things, but I think at that point, it was like, okay, this is this is really happening. You know, we're getting more involved and all of that. Did it did it work well with you being that young with school and so forth? It sounds like you guys were really kind of shakers and movers. So it sounds like you probably just did the school, did the horses, and no worries. Yeah, um, you know, I went to school pretty much every single day. My school was really strict about missing a lot of school, so I usually <laughs> went Monday through Thursday. Did a half day Thursday, so it counted, um, <laughs> and then. If I could skip Friday, you know, I'd skip, skip Friday, Friday and go to the horse show. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kept good grades, you know. I nice. I was an average A B student. My my teachers didn't really care, you know, as long as I kept my grades up. And mm-hmm. I told them ahead of time they were they worked with me. I'm just thinking of parents that listen, you know, for their children too. They can do it. They can do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely doable. Mm-hmm. So. So at what point did you start, like, seriously competing and um, getting into those higher levels? So after high school, um, I did community college, and I did community college for uh, part-time hours, and I did that more so so that I could travel and I could show more, Um, because obviously, you know, like I said, high school, you have to be there Monday through Friday, you know, eight to three, that kind of thing. Um, So I'd say probably when I was... 18 or 19 is when it really started to kick into high gear. I took, um, like I did two night classes and I think they were like Mondays and Tuesdays from like six to nine. So then that way I could go to the shows Wednesday through Sunday. I could come back, go to school, you know, be gone again Wednesday through Sunday. Um, and I had all my prerequisites. Um, I did all of that. Um, and I always said, you know, should I go back? What should I do? And we decided to take kind of backwards, but like a gap year from college (laughs) instead of between the high school and the college. And uh, so we did the gap year, we did the horses, um, we traveled more and more, and I actually didn't go back. Um, So I would say after that point is when it really kicked into high gear and that's when it all just kind of started to, it. we were traveling more, we were doing more, showing more, winning more, all of that. Okay. So what is it like to be competing at those higher levels? I mean, there's like so much stress. You've won so many different events and like, what is that like? (laughs) Um, it's surreal. I definitely love it. I think you definitely have to love it, um, to be at that level. And something that I really love about it is that, especially at those upper levels, no matter what discipline we're in, they make it look so easy. Yeah. you know, it takes so much skill and a lot of time and practice and effort. Yes. Um, but I don't know. It just, it's hard to explain. I don't know. I always, as a kid, it's like, should I do a Grand Prix? Like, what would it be like to do a Grand Prix? And now all of a sudden, like, you're there and you've won a few. You know, I had a goal as a kid. Like, I would love to just do a Grand Prix. And, like, I would die happy. You know what I mean? Um, and so now it's like, now that you've won multiple, it's like, okay, what can we do next? You know, what can we shoot for? Um so it's been awesome. I definitely love it. 
Do you have, how many horses do you have that you ride Grand Prix level then? Is it one horse? Is it two? Is it, you know? Uh, yeah, I have just one. Okay. Um, and like I said, he's the one that just had colic surgery. Sure. Um, but hopefully he should make a comeback pretty soon. Um, and I have a seven-year-old who just started doing the meter 40s. So we're hoping, you know, yeah. by the end of the year, the beginning of next year, he can kind of step up to the plate yeah. and start doing some Grand Prix as well. Do you feel like you have more of a business relationship with your horse? I know that sounds kind of funny, but um, some people just say that it's all business. They're just all business. You know, we have to work together as a team that way. Or what do you feel like, this sounds funny, what your relationship is with your horse? You know, is it a, you know, what's that like? Yeah, no, I think that's an awesome question. I think there has to be almost a meet in the middle kind of aspect to it because horses aren't machines. It's not like a car that you just pull out of a garage and you drive to work and all of that. Um, so I always try to meet in the middle with them. I want them to enjoy their life, but I also want them to know like, hey, you know, we're going to work. We're, we're going in the ring. You know, we got to step it up. We have to do this. Um, we have to work hard, all of that. So I do a lot of um, trail rides and hill work. Nice. You know, I try to keep them happy outside of the ring. Nice. Um, yeah. We do all of the work ourselves. So um, I try to spend a lot of time with them. Wow. But then, like I said, at the same time, you know, if we have a big show or a competition coming up, then I make sure that, you know, we're kicking it into high gear and we're being prepared at the same time. That's awesome. Do you feel like the etiquette that you keep, you know, at that level is a little difficult to, to you know, um, like be around all the time or do you kind of thrive on, you know, that aspect of it, like the etiquette between the riders and the, you know, it can be pretty, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. How do you, how do you feel about all of that? Yeah. I mean, I understand that there's a lot of people that ride multiple horses and have a business and all of that. And that sometimes it's hard to be back at the barn all of the time. So with three horses, it's a little bit easier. Sure. It can be tough to just, because it is a lot of work every single day. Like I said, to take care of three horses, it's just me and my mom on the road, cleaning hmm. stalls, grooming them, bathing them, tacking them up, talking, wrapping, you know, everything. Wow. Wow. Um, but I think it's worth it. You know, I think my, my horses really appreciate it. They see it. I'm the one who's out grazing them for an hour or two a day. Yeah. All of that. So deep connection. I don't know. I think a real good connection. Sorry? A deep connection, a good connection with your horses because you're there all the time. It's constant. Yep. Do you think there's a time, do you ever feel like there's a time when they push you when you feel maybe you're not like stepping up to the plate and they kind of push you along too? Does that ever happen? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes both ways. Like, you know, sometimes you can not ride your best in the ring and sometimes they make mistakes. It just, it happens. And I think sometimes you just have to, um, work with both you know what I mean you just have to be prepared sorry prepared for both you know like I said the the horses can make mistakes we can make mistakes so yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes they're pulling me along and sometimes I'm pulling them along mm-hmm. how many hours would you say that you're putting in to like dedicated practice and then just in general how many hours at the barn are you spending um wow that's a good question I try to ride it just depends 20 to 40 minutes a day per horse, um, not including, you know, like I said, the talking up, the bathing, the wrapping, all of that. So on the road, it's a lot more hands-on because, like I said, it's just my mom and I. Um, at the barn at home in Knoxville, we do have 
help that does the barn work, the cleaning stalls, the watering, all of that, which is super nice. Um, so I'm at the home barn, I'd say a little bit less than I am at like the show barn, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still the one at home, you know, who, like I said, tax up, bays, all of that. But it is nice to have help mm-hmm. at home. It's it's still a lot of hours. I couldn't even count. <laughs> Aww. Aww. <laughs> so you're pretty big into fitness. And when did that change happen? Um, so my story is a little bit different than most. I started fitness because my life hit rock bottom in 2013. A lot of people get into fitness because they have a big goal or, you know, they want to look a certain way, something like that. But that was not the case for me. And I was one of those riders who said, horses, it's plenty of exercise. You know, I do all of the barn work. I don't really need anything else. But um, in 2013, we, it was like a series of unfortunate events and, uh, to put it in a nutshell, because this story could go on forever, I'm going to make it kind of, you know, uh, listener friendly. We, uh, one day we had like all these disasters. We started by going to um, an amusement park, um, my family and I, uh, just to take a nice relaxing day, you know, again, away from the horses and all of that. And uh, we got in a car, I totaled the car, but we said, hey, it's okay, you know, we'll, we'll keep on going. I had a friend picked, uh, who picked us up, drove us to the amusement park. Hmm. We were there for probably like an hour. And I have one neighbor. I live in a very rural area. And the one neighbor called and was really frantic and said, your house is on fire. Your house is on fire. Wow. So we had to run out of the amusement park. Um, wow. My friend had to drive us there. My car was in the garage. Um my car got a lot of damage and the house was a total loss. Oh my goodness. And so after starting back over, um, it's, it's hard to explain because if you've never been through it, it's, it's really difficult. You know, you, you only have the clothes on your back and that's all you mm. have. Yeah. Um, you know, we had to go to the store and buy underwear for the next day oh, and a right. hairbrush yes. and toothbrush. Yeah. And Things we take for granted. Yes. 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 Everything that you can take for mm-hmm. granted. Um, so like, total loss, um, starting back over from scratch. Um, and then a month later, my boyfriend of about three and a half years just unexpectedly ended things. I was not expecting it at all. And, uh, he basically said, don't ever call me again. You know, we're just, we're done. Can't do this anymore. And I think dealing with that much loss in such a short period of time, it just, it sent me over the edge. And, um, like I said, I hit rock bottom and I kind of saw myself in this place where it was, okay, you, you can take two directions. You can keep going down this path of like depression and being upset and crying and sure. you know, not handling yeah. it very well, mm-hmm. or you can move on and you can get better. So I just kind of sat down with myself and I said, it's just, it's time to get better. Um, so I started by walking and running to just ease my mind and kind of get my mind off of things and it just slowly turned into okay I need a little bit more than walking and running so I joined a local gym um I had never like I said I had never been involved with fitness I was reading the directions on the machines of how to use them I 
walked into a Zumba class and I was like, I don't know what Zumba is, but we're going to do it, <laughs> you know? So that was very much me. And that's, that's how I got started. And, uh, I fell in love with Zumba. If, uh, anyone's not familiar with Zumba, who's listening, it's, uh, it's kind of like a Latin dance fitness type of workout. And to me, it felt like I was just having a lot of fun and I wasn't working out. Um, and so it was a lot of fun and I actually taught for two years on the side and it just kept growing from there. Nice. Like I said, I, I don't have your typical story, but that's how I got started. So as someone who didn't think that you really needed to like exercise or besides riding horses, how has that changed for you? Do you feel the same way? Like, do you feel like feel that your riding has improved because you're also getting fit or do you feel like it's it doesn't matter oh my gosh it absolutely matters like I can't tell you the difference that I've experienced with my riding I've had people that have come up to me and they're like you just you look so much stronger your speed is so much stronger your core is stronger um just everything looks more stable and it's it's done wonders and I have a belief now where, you know, we expect our horses to be so fit and so active. You know, we do so many different exercises like hill work and gymnastics, at least in the hunter jumper world, um, hill work, gymnastics, flat work, jumping, everything for them to be fit. And we need to meet them at that level. You know, like Mm -hmm. I said earlier, this is a team sport. I was trying to tell my dad and it's a team effort. So if we expect them to be extremely fit, we need to be on the same level. Mm-hmm. So if you're not like if you don't work out, what are some ways that you can get started like as equestrians? Like what can you do to build your core and, you know, do little things to build up to, to something? Start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. First and foremost, I'm a huge believer that you have to enjoy the process because yeah. if you mm-hmm. don't, you don't want to show up every single day. Um, so my first tip would always be to find something that you love and whether that's running or lifting or you know like for me it was Zumba Um, finding something that you really love is definitely key but we all can't make huge commitments sometimes just because we're so time consumed with the horses and being at shows and traveling Um, weight training is for sure something that has helped and I think always will help and I always tell people if they don't have access to weights you can find household items or even items in the barn that you can make work. Sometimes you don't even need a lot of weight, just something to add a little bit like squats and lunges, um, deadlifts, shoulder presses, because we do as riders, we use so much of our body that Mm -hmm. it almost all needs to be worked, even if it's just a little bit. And I work out in my camper every single day um, that I travel. So if I've had people that work out in their tack rooms or in their horse trailers or, you know, if they go out for a 30-minute walk before they start their barn work. Um, There's lots of ways to just add in a little something to help with our fitness. And not a lot of equipment is needed either then if you're places like that. No, no. I mean, I have a set of weights from fives to 25s and I have a weight bench and a mat and that's really all that I have. Um, so yeah, there are plenty of things that you can do that don't require any of equipment. Like you can do 
um, like a HIT workout, which is high intensity interval training. And it's basically, um, you do something that's very high intensity for, let's say like a minute, you take a 30 minute rest, 30 minutes, sorry, 30 second rest, do it again for a minute. And you know, high intensity interval training is a fantastic way to get in great shape and you don't really need any equipment. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that nutrition plays a part of this too? And if so, how do you handle that when you're on the road in a camper? Yeah, I definitely feel like nutrition definitely helps too because we are what we eat, literally. So, you know, if we're fueling our body, I love to use that term um, over just eating, um, I don't want to say like garbage, but, you know, fried food, we are going to be what we eat. Um, So in the camper, I actually meal prep a little bit. Um, I make, you know, a couple fish, rice and broccoli. I I keep it really simple, but... Mm -hmm. um, it still works. Keep a lot of fruits. Um, I, like, I keep a lot of water. I have a water right here next to me. Um, I'll definitely say it's not the easiest in the camper. And I I wish that horse shows had better options um, mm-hmm. as far as food went for nutrition. But I definitely think it's important for sure. Do you have a quick like little protein snack that you take on the run or anything like that that is nice for riders to know about or something that works for you that is quick? Yeah, I actually use um, snack bars that have about 10 grams of protein. Sometimes you just have to read. I always tell people to read the back of a nutritional label because Mm -hmm. just because the front says something, it doesn't mean it's Mm -hmm. necessarily true on the back. Um, So always read your nutritional labels. Make sure it's somewhat low in sugar, high in protein. Um, carbs are always okay. I don't count calories, that kind of thing. Um, and I usually take shakes on the road with me as well, Mm -hmm. whether to the ring or in the car. Um, something that's actually super simple and I could always share a recipe if there's a way to do it, but they're like chocolate, peanut butter, protein balls. It's pretty much like Mm. a protein powder, peanut butter, chocolate chips to make it kind of sweet and some honey and oats and that's about it i mean Mm -hmm. they're super simple you mix it all together and you put them in little balls and put them in the fridge and grab and go yeah those Mm -hmm. are good they are Mm -hmm. good on the go that would be that would be neat to see what your recipe is that's that's a good idea we've done that too yeah Mm -hmm. so you also do um equine insurance can you talk a little bit about that yeah so um i don't know especially with you guys, are you guys familiar with horse insurance at all? Like what it offers, what it covers? Mm -mm. No, not really. So you're, you're preaching to the (laughs) singing to the choir here, you know? So yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Cause I talk to a lot of people who have never insured a horse and I always want people to understand exactly what goes into insurance. Um, so basically it covers, it's, it's kind of the same, uh, for us when we insure our home and our car and our life and things like that. So we're basically doing that for our horse. Um, so the mortality pretty much covers, uh, any theft or death for any reason, except for inhumane reasoning. Um, and then we have major medical, which is pretty much an all around type of coverage. As long as it's non-routine, such as like x-rays, MRI, ultrasound, shockwave, that type of thing. And there's a few other specific endorsements. Um, but I think insurance is it's needed for sure I think um for people like me especially you know I 
I can't really replace my partner. And Mm -hmm. I feel like without it, I'm taking that huge risk because I mean, I could go out on the road this weekend and someone else could hit me. I mean, we all see those horror stories and those pictures on Facebook and things like that. I mean, someone could run into my trailer and I'm out my Grand Prix horse. And Mm -hmm. like I said, I, I don't have the money to replace him. So I definitely need um, insurance. I think it's always great to have. And uh, especially with the major medical, for those that don't know, my uh, my Grand Prix horse just had colic surgery June the 25th. Yeah, it was very unexpected and very heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, I mean, without having that medical coverage, I don't, it's, Oh, it's a lot of money, you know, yes, it's, yeah. it's hard to be out of pocket that much. And mm-hmm, it's really right. nice to have the insurance company cover that for you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and plus it can come down to like that life or death decision, especially when it comes to colic, you know? Yes. So, yes. Mm-hmm. How long will it take him to recover from that? So luckily he had, um, he was on like the better end of the spectrum with colic surgery so he just had a nephrosplenic entrapment, which basically meant his intestine kind of moved the wrong way and got trapped over his spleen. Hmm. Um, so all they had to do was just cut in. It was like a six to seven inch incision. They pushed it back to where it needed to be and they sewed him right up. Wow. So he didn't have to have any of the intestines taken out. There was nothing hmm. tangled or twisted. Wow. Yeah. So in that aspect, we were really lucky. So his recovery should be relatively quick. Um, we're hoping in about 30 more days from now because it's been almost four weeks mm-hmm. um, or three and a, yeah, three to four weeks. Um, we're hoping in about 30 more days we can start things back up. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, yeah. all right. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll enter our next se- segment, Cantor Ranger. Do you love horses and live the equestrian lifestyle? Be sure to check out our brand new blog at www yourhorsefarm.com we publish three posts per week and feature a free printable equine checklist every month yourhorsefarm.com is a great equine online resource so be sure to share with all the horse lovers in your life and remember laugh much and ride often our next segment cancer banter is brought to you by ram horse fencing and stalls the one-stop shop for your horse farm ram is family owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years we welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653- 8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. And we're back. On this segment of Canter Banter, we all know how horses spook. And this segment, we're going to talk about, you know, the scariest of things. Scariest, yeah. <laughs> so, Haley, can you tell us a little bit about your spooky story? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, I was in Hitsokala one year. Um, for those who know, they can picture this perfectly. Um, this was before the big stadium was built across the street in the Grand Prix Ring, as we all know it. It is still called the Grand Prix Ring, but mm-hmm. it was their biggest ring at the time. Um, and I was on the way up to do the high junior amateurs. The Grand Prix was currently going on, and it had rained and rained and rained the day before. So the track was flooded. Um, the ring is up a little bit on a hill, and there was water pretty much everywhere. And my Grand Prix horse, which, like I said at the time, we were doing the highs, um, he will jump anything you ever ask him to. 
<laughs> so he will not get near a puddle. <laughs> it doesn't matter how big or how small. He does not want to get his little feet wet because he's a princess. Very puddles. And so um, I was trying to find ways to get to the warm-up ring because I had planned on going early in the class. And like I said, there were puddles everywhere. Oh. There was so much rain and so much water. And he just kept spooking at the puddles down below. <laughs> and he just kept getting closer and closer and closer to the fence, which, mind you, is very small. Like I said, for those who have been to Hippocala, they can picture this perfectly. It's not even two feet tall. It's it's teeny tiny. It's like the size of a dressage. Aww. And he, my Grand Prix horse is 18 hands high. He's oh a dinosaur. Oh. And so he kept spooking and he kept getting closer to the fence right in front of the steward watching the warm-up ring on the golf cart he hits the fence and falls into the schooling ring <laughs> on top of me and oh. his legs are like oh my um, god like what just happened oh, no. and i actually <laughs> broke i broke my hip um, oh. not then i broke my hip in 2010 but he landed on that hip oh. and i was just thinking great yeah. like i broke my hip oh. like here we go again and, uh, you know, I had people come running over and they're like, oh my gosh, are you okay? You know, is everything fine? And I was like, yeah, like we're good. I think like we're both <laughs> up, we're both standing, we're, we're soaking wet, but we're oh. good. And, you know, everyone was joking. At least you had a really soft landing mm. and Aww. all of that. So yeah, we were both okay. And, uh, ironically, we were the only ones clear in our class and we won. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Awesome. That is just unbelievable. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. That is so funny that he is so big and he's just so afraid. <laughs> I mean, this little jump, right? And this big horse and then boom, falls down. I mean, that's pretty dramatic, actually. It's you know? very dramatic. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was like in slow-mo. It was literally like he hit it and it was just like, woo. <laughs> like, it was it was embarrassing horses. but funny and I mean Cute. we laughed it off and like I said, everyone was fine glad so. everybody was good that's the most important <laughs> yeah. part right there yeah. so Haley All because of a pool. <laughs> yeah. what what platforms can we find you on if our listeners want to find you and follow you um where can they find you at yeah awesome so I work mainly off of Facebook and Instagram um my personal pages which are just pretty much horses um it's just my name, Haley, H-A-L-E-Y, Gassel, G-A-S-S-E-L. Um, and I keep some fitness stuff, pretty much just fitness, because I know that not every horse person is into fitness, and not every fitness person is into horses. So mm -hmm. I keep them usually pretty separate. And my, um, what do you call them? Like my at name is uh, Jumping Into Fitness. Okay. Oh, okay, good. All right. Okay. For both Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all your equestrian family and friends. You can tune into the Late Night Riders podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube, where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at rampfence.com or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening. Thanks, Thank you, Haley. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.